Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back. Allison here. I am very, very honored to have you listening today. If you are new to the show, thank you for giving the show a try. Um, if we have not met on Instagram, come by at Woo and send me a DM and say hi. I have been having some fun interviewing people for y'all. Two weeks ago, we had a projector, one of my good friends, Katie Rollins. She is a splenic projector, 6'2 splenic projector. And that was a really, really good conversation. It's great. Even if you're not a projector, you probably have projectors in your lives. And our conversations were all-encompassing. We talked a lot about human design and entrepreneurship and parenting and life and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just for projectors, but today I have another projector on for you. She is also a 6'2", but she's a self-projected authority projector. And some of y'all might already follow her. She has a big presence on Instagram. She has two cookbooks, one that I have, one that I need to buy. It is amazing. Um, She's been a blogger for a really long time, like since before blogging and being a influencer was the cool thing to do. <laughs> She's an OG influencer and blogger and really like She's known about her human design just about as long as I've known about human design, and she's been implementing it slowly over the past five years or so into her life and business and parenting and all that kind of stuff. And she just really does a great job of giving that 6-2 projector vibe on her Instagram page, in her podcast, on her email newsletters, on her blog, all of that kind of stuff. It's really interesting. She's she's simplified everything. Well, her handle is simply real health. Simplifying things is like one of her main, you know, focuses in her career <laughs> and life. But everything, like the way that she runs her business, the way that she lives her life, it's all very simplified. And you can tell from the outside. And in getting to know her and talking with her and chatting about some behind the scenes stuff, like you know that it's actually real and authentic. Some people show up on Instagram very calm, but then if you see them in real life, it's like a chaos, crazy, you know, like just very overwhelmed and multitasking and always behind and too many things going on and whatever. And we all have a lot of stuff going on, but Sarah does a really good job of being very present taking things little by little, 
not multitasking unless she's like listening to a podcast and doing laundry. I think we talked about that. But being really present and simplifying processes and simplifying food, your relationship with food, eating real food, cooking real food, all of that kind of stuff. She's amazing to follow just as like for me, I think as a role model or expander, as a mother, as a caretaker, as a entrepreneur as well. Like she just, as as I've said if a lot lately, I think that this time that we're walking into as we approach 2027, the vibe of the projector is going to be much more of our collective vibe versus the generator vibe that we've had the past thousand years or so. So anyways, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Please share it with a friend if you feel like they would enjoy it. That is how this podcast has grown the past three and a half years and will continue to grow. That's my favorite way to sort of expand is by word of mouth and you guys just literally pressing share and texting it to your best friends. It makes me so happy whenever I hear from people in the DMs on Instagram. They're like, oh, Ashley told me about this. Oh, Beth told me about this. It just, it's really nice. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, I know Beth. I just talked to her on Zoom. So I really appreciate you guys sharing the podcast. I appreciate you guys listening every week. I appreciate the love that you give me on Instagram and the DMs and all of that kind of stuff. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy this episode. We're in the projector era of the You Do Woo podcast episodes right now. And I'm so excited because this gal, I think I connected with you, Sarah, like a year ago or so. Okay, so we have... Sarah Adler of Simply Real Health. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes below, but I've had her cookbook for a while and I, you have two cookbooks, correct? Okay. So I need to get the other one because I have one and we, oh my God, I'm just obsessed with it. I'll put that information in here too. But she is a mom, now a podcast host, a cookbook creator, a blogger. She wears like so many hats, a very multi-passionate projector. But I had to have her on here because you guys know I'm not like the biggest fan of Instagram. I don't live on there. Sarah doesn't either, actually. But the way she uses it is such a projector vibe. And for those of y'all who are projectors, I knew that she would be a great expander for for you. So welcome to the show, Sarah. I'm so excited to finally have you on. Tell us a little bit about you. You're like just booming on social media (laughs) and with your cookbooks and with your coaching and the new podcast and all that kind of stuff. But will you tell us a little, just five or 10 minute snippet of how you got into where you are now? Yes. I love it. And thank you for having me. It's so fun to be here. And I think especially with human design, because it's something that I discovered, I don't know, maybe like five or six years ago. And it has been very much this like personal, you know, thing that has just been for me. And I haven't really, really delved into the world of like talking about it with other people or sharing, or even thinking about it, I think specifically in the context of business, which is how I originally found you, because it's one of those things where once you sort of find 
out about human design, it just comes into question all the ways that you work and what you're working on and what you're doing. And so I just remember thinking and feeling when I did find it. So I've been running my business, Simply Real Health, for 13 years now. So I'm like old school. It was like I was blogging before blogs were, you know, they were just starting to take off. There was no Instagram, barely Facebook pages. Like it has been a long and really fun road. And I find myself now just feeling like even more certain of like what I'm doing and why. So just to back up a little bit, just a little bit about my story. I was somebody who grew up who was just always obsessed with health. And my parents, like bless their hearts, were always so into supporting whatever I was into. So that meant like buying nutrition textbooks for fun. And like, I wanted a gym membership one year when I was like nine years old. And, you know, and they're kind of like, okay, I, sure. It sounds like a healthy <laughs> thing. And so I just have always had this deep passion for health and wellness. And that really has like started before I can even remember. Like I loved going to the grocery store. I loved all these things that were not typical or normal, I would say for a young child, child, right. To be into, but growing up, it was always in this context of like, well, the options are, you could be a doctor, you could be a nurse you could be a dietitian. And like, those are the only three options. And I knew to me always deep down, it always felt like, yeah, but there's so much more than that. Like there's so much more than just, you know, the fitness or movement part, which I loved for a while. And I was like, but then there's food, you know, and then there's like thinking about life as a whole. And it kind of, I've always had this perspective of like, there are so many different parts to being healthy and so much deeper than what we were ever kind of taught or what we ever learned, especially when I was growing up, it was like very much like in the nineties, like the fat free craze Mm -hmm. and like all the diet crazes and, you know, everything, you know, that was, that was when food started to really shift away from what it has always been. And what I talk about it being real food, kind of back to the basics of how food was always grown, how we always used to eat and cook and use these very simple basic ingredients and turned into much more of like the marketing culture around diet and health and wellness. And I got really sucked into that, like so much to the point by the time I went to college, I was full-blown like obsessive about working out, about eating perfectly. I was reading about all these different diets and like testing them on myself and trying. And it came from a really pure place. Mm -hmm. I think looking back now, I can kind of see there is like a little bit of an edge there, like where it was really about trying to be perfect and like have the perfect way of eating, the perfect workout, the perfect whatever. And, you know, now that is so much more part of our culture, just wellness in general. Back then, it was, you know, a very interesting world to try and navigate doing it in a way that was actually healthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, like not taking things to the most extreme, which is really where I lived for most of the time, like being very rigid, very extreme about things. There was a right way and a wrong way. And then it always kept changing. The turning point that I had was in college. I got this, I got into this study abroad program and I was so excited to go, except when the moment I found out I actually got in the only thing I could feel was like fear and panic and anxiety because all of a sudden I started thinking about the realities of that trip. They wouldn't have the right food. They wouldn't have the right bars, the right protein powder. What gym was I going to go to? Like, it was like this big whirlwind in my head that I almost didn't go on that trip. Wow. And going to that trip, I had a really hard time in the beginning because I was trying to recreate the American way 
of being healthy, but in Italy, which they don't do. They don't go on runs. They do not have gyms. They do not have quote unquote health food. And for like the first half of the trip, I really struggled with that and really tried to like keep up my normal routines. But the whole point, which I can see now was like to show me this entirely different way of living and being. And I remember just sitting at this table, watching these two women, Italian women, just eating lunch. And they were so present with each Mm -hmm. other. You know, they had like a a glass of wine. They had some pasta. They had some meat, some salad. They were just having a bunch of different things. And there was no concept or feeling of anxiety around it. There was none of like the dieting tactics of like, oh, take half my pasta away or just Mm -hmm. nibbling here and there, like all these American ways that we had learned. And they were just actually present. And I remember that moment, just like staring at them and having this realization that like, I don't think I've ever had a meal like that in my life yeah. where like I was actually present with the food I was eating or who I was with because I was so wrapped up in my head. Yeah. So then it started this full journey. This is like my life story. Allison. I love but it. I love this it. This full journey into, well, how are they able to do that? They look beautiful. They're very fit. They're very put together. Um, they're happy, they're healthy. What is the main, what am I missing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want that life. I don't want mm-hmm. the one where I'm constantly obsessing about things. And that was the starting point of learning and actually starting to look at like, wow, their food is very different here. Their lifestyle is very different. They have and grow up with this joy and this respect around food that is very simple. Like their foods just come from farmer's markets or tiny little stands. Like they don't have these huge grocery stores. They don't have like all of the marketing surrounding their food. They just have learned from generations passed down that here's what real food is. Like it's simple, it's beautiful, it's potatoes, it's, you know, pasta, it's, it's meat that's well-raised and tended to, it's these beautiful vegetables and olive oil. It's just like was so back to the basics and it felt so refreshing to my soul. So I was like, what if all the things I have learned about, you know, at home, what if I tried this different approach? Because they do seem happier, you know, yeah. and I think I'd rather live like that if it's possible. So that started this like three or four year journey once I came home to really start to notice, like, what am I eating? Like, where did it come from? Is it something that I could find in Italy or that, you know, maybe generations ago they would be eating? And the more I learned, the more I realized that everything I had learned up until that point was so like skewed in mm-hmm marketing and so skewed in these like tactics that were being given to us, I think trying to be helpful, but then the more you learn, you're like, not actually, it's Mm -hmm. about making money and the industries that make money in the food system. So it was this huge eye-opening moment, like so much so where I came back home. I knew I did not want to be a dietitian, but I was so kind of enraptured with food and this idea of food. And that's kind of when I learned learned how to cook and kind of go back to the basics. And the more I started cooking, the more I started realizing this kind of goes back to human design, but I'm like, why is it so complicated? Like as somebody trying to learn the basics around food and relearn what health actually means and what healthy eating actually means, why is it so complicated? Why are there a million different ingredients? Like, why does it take like at least 30 minutes to make a meal? I don't have that time, you know? And so that was the very beginning points of starting to put some things together of, I love, I love wellness. I love health. 
I'm starting to actually like food and have a better relationship to food than I ever had before. And that changed my relationship to myself. Mm -hmm. And so that was the beginning point of everything. That was like back in the day, I was just cooking in my like tiny dark apartment. I had just graduated college. I had worked my way up in, you know, I did, I had a communications degree and a degree in sales. And I remember turning down a job I had worked all four years of college trying to intern to get because it was not aligned with this new realization that I had of like, I do love health, but there was nothing that I could look at and be like, that's what I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so it was this very slow unwinding of, okay, what do I believe in? Where are my values at? What do I love doing? And in learning that process, I'm like, well, if I don't know this stuff and I love food and I love all things wellness. What about everybody else? You know, yeah. like I'm just learning this now. And so that was very much the starting point of wanting to teach and share and just really simplify food for people of like teaching them about real food, teaching them about food and recipes that could work in real life and things were actually more simple and not complicated. And so that's where my cooking career began. And I took horrible pictures and that was my first (laughs) blog. And that blog just grew and grew and turned into so many other things. That's amazing. Okay. And I, I have to tell you, like I went to Italy a few times growing up, but I don't think had this realization until later, until becoming a mom. Last year, we went to Portugal for two weeks and we took Caroline. She was two at the time. And I was, that was the first time I think traveling abroad that I realized how much better I felt in Europe. Like I don't, here, I hardly ever drink alcohol. There, I drank a glass or two of wine with every meal, didn't feel bad whatsoever. Of course, we were walking miles up cobblestone, (laughs) cobblestone, uh, you know, pathways (laughs) with a stroller and all of that kind of stuff. Caroline ate ice cream almost every day, but their ice cream is not the same as here. It's it hard. It was barely sweet, but she loved it. Um, None of us had any digestive issues. We all felt amazing. Mm -hmm. We like when you're drinking the water over there, it's mineral water. So it's mineralized. And I know you're big. Y'all have to go follow Sarah because she has like the best tips for just getting minerals and and nutritional content easy for yourself and kids. Um, Your episode about kids and food. And if you didn't start early on Mm -hmm. getting kids to eat real food, that's in my queue because we uh, definitely started Caroline early. And then when she started school, it was like this whole like, well, I want pizza. I want like what everybody else is having. So I'm going to go listen to that and take notes and start implementing it. Cause right now the only vegetable she will eat is your creamy kale Caesar salad. Which, I, thank you. I love that. But that's all she'll eat vegetable wise. That's amazing. Anyways, that's all she, that's all she needs. She's well, eating kale. Well, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, like being in Portugal was just, it, it was eye opening. And then you come back and you're like, oh my God. And we, we moved this past year and lots of different transitions. So I'm trying to give myself grace as I, you know, get back to making sure real foods are a part of our every, every meal every day. And you're, you're very helpful with that. And I love the vibe that you have with it where you're very non-judgmental and non-shame, I guess, like shame feeling. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you can follow bloggers and influencers where you're like, oh my God, like you can tell you've done some deconditioning in the perfectionism area because 
that feeling comes across through your words, through your email newsletters, through Instagram, where it's like, hey, you don't have to be perfect. Just try this little hack and whatever. So thank you. And yeah, I totally, I totally resonate with that. Like we, I mean, even one of the first things I noticed was that families eating in Portugal, like no child had an iPad or a phone or anything. They were just talking and hanging out and had like coloring books or things like that. Um, and we really, really try to not have, I, we don't even have an iPad for Caroline, but like we try to not give her our phone. One time at a really fancy restaurant, we sort of had to do that because she was having a tantrum. And I was like, here we go. We're, you're going to watch Bluey for a little bit. It has its time and place. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, we've <laughs> trained her to be to act like a Portuguese family when we're dining out and we all sit and talk to each other or she can color or something like that. So it's just a very different vibe with their meals. Yes. And so. and everything, like you said, it's like the walking that like they're just active. It's not necessarily exercise, but they live a very active life and they have a lot of like presence around their meals and they have a lot of joy with meals. Like it's not about being perfect. It's they are eating gelato and ice cream and drinking wine. I mean, even some of the countries like smoking cigarettes, but yet they are healthier than so many of us. And it's just wild to think about that because it's just so different. And I do very much resonate with that perfectionist tendency because I think that's how I used to look at everything. And there's so much to be said about wellness, but not doing it from a place of all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I find that like in like most of the clients that I work with and when I run my group program, it's all about deconditioning that all or nothing mindset because it impacts your food. It's that it's that voice that tells you like, well, I haven't done it perfectly. So what's the point? Or like, I'll start again tomorrow. It's all a wash. It doesn't matter. And it's like that sort of mindset is so strong that you actually believe it. But there's so much to be said of like, what if you don't? There are so many more options besides the all or nothing thinking that actually open up so many more, you know, potentials and different ways to see things and different options. And like, it's so much about tiny things that you do over time versus these big, massive extremes. And that goes with everything like quick fixes and fads and diets. Like, that could, you could just be like doing loops like around and around and, and just never getting anywhere and sometimes making it worse for yourself. Like versus what can I do in this moment? Like what small things would really add up over time if it wasn't about being extreme or doing the most or having the biggest transformation? Like what about the smaller, like Mm -hmm. teeny tiny things, but that's what changes the way your brain works. You know, so it's not only like health is not just only physical, what you're eating and how you're moving. It's like how you're thinking and it's how your emotions are. Like, what's your nervous system like? And I find for most women, like we haven't connected those dots yet where it's like health. We just think about in that purely physical sense where there's so much like juiciness to uncover when you start looking at like the mental ways your brain is working and the talk tracks that are repeating themselves and limiting beliefs and stories. It's like, if you can connect all those things, I find that living a healthy life is actually so much more easy and it's simple and it's joyful. And it's like all the things that we've never learned that it could be when you take out that extreme perfectionist version of it. And I know this is, I have a whole little outline of things I was going to ask Sarah and these things aren't in there, but I just have a quick thing for you. Um, Being a mom of, especially a girl, you know, I know you have a little girl and 
that's that's one of the main things I think about. Like, regardless of what I'm feeding her, the feeling that she has as we make food and eat food is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, just as far as growing up, and I love my mom and dad, and they did their best. And if you're listening, I love you. It's okay. But growing up, we would eat in front of the TV and my dad would be doing his work and we wouldn't talk. I was the one who would have to every once in a while force like a family dinner. I was like this little child adult at nine years years old being like, let's clean off the table and sit down for family dinner, you know? And I have the best parents. They're wonderful. And these days we sit down for family dinners and it's so nice and talking. But like growing up, they were just trying to make ends meet. They were so busy, all the things. And I just, to this day, and you're helping me heal this with with going through your cookbook and, and listening to your podcast and everything. But like to this day, I'm just like, food is fuel, period, eat to be done. I never had any um, issues with food growing up, like, you know, any kind of problem that I know of, but it was just like a, let's eat really fast to be done to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And with Caroline, I very much want to teach her to like, enjoy, like have slow meals and enjoy them and practice presence during that time and talk about the making of the food. That's a big deal that you talk about, like is having your kids involved in creating the food. And then they're a lot more likely to, yeah. to try them. And so every time we make your kale salad, Caroline's like, can I help? Can I count out the cashews and like all that kind of stuff? It's so fun. Um, but I just think that's such a big deal. I mean, it's important for boys too, but with girls, with eating disorders and the way that we just, we girls think about food differently than, than men yeah. a lot of times. And so I just really want to create a, foundation, even as a toddler of like enjoying your food and food being a positive thing and something to be, to, to slow down around and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. One of the favorite questions that I ask my kids is like, Oh, what's your favorite combination? Like of all the things mm-hmm. on the plate, I'm like, I like it when the squash plus the, you know, something yeah. plus a, what do you think? Or like, what's, what's, and it kind of gets them being like, Ooh, what do I want to Make yeah, or try. Create, you know, or dip or try or like, ooh, what's my favorite? And it just, you know, a little bit more like playfulness. I feel mm-hmm. like we could all use that sometimes as adults. Yeah. It's just one of those good times of the day to remind yourself, like, right, like how can I keep this like light and fun and you know, n- not something that's a chore to do, but like a totally. delight in life. And that's amazing that you are already thinking about that. I ha- I'm not perfect, but we're starting there. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So just ever, so everybody knows Sarah is a six two self-projected projector with all open centers, except your throat and your G center are both defined. So very, very, very open as mm-hmm. a projector. So you, I didn't realize you found out like over five years ago, we found out about human design about the same time. And yeah. so what was that like? For me, it took me like a good year to really, I just, just practicing generator stuff. And I didn't really know anything beyond that. What was that like for you finding out you were a projector? I think it was a huge sigh of relief, but I also was very doubtful about it because as an entrepreneur, you know, and especially like in the process of creating cookbooks, there is so much like work and time and grind that goes into that. And, you know, building a business back before there was like a lot of tools, like there just Mm -hmm. wasn't nowadays, it's so much easier But back then I was just very like conditioned of like being an entrepreneur means this and working this amount of hours per day. And I didn't, um, I think I found out human design, I guess, like right 
around or before my son was born. So it was kind of in that transition time of becoming a mother, which I think is looking back now, I'm like, that was the time I probably needed to hear this Mm -hmm. of like projectors doing better when they're working around three hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I first was like, I don't believe that that's not like, who is that possible for really? And um, I think the more I did kind of let it sink in, I'm like, it's not that that's going to be every single day, but that if I can find those glimpses of times where that's happening, like more than maybe it's not, of course, there's busy seasons and there's seasons where you're looking on, you know, different projects that's going to require a lot more time and attention than that. But when I felt my best was when I was working less hours, but doing more higher level stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like the push that I needed in becoming a mother. And also just, you know, it cascaded down to like learning to grow a team and how necessary that was so that I wasn't doing all of the nitty gritty things every single day. And plus I couldn't, I just had had a baby, you know, it was like all these things coming together to really be like, that was maybe the old way you operated, but like, this is another option. This is another way you could just try, just test it. And I just found that I was like less stressed, less anxious when it was more about the content of what I was working on and how like doing that, you know, the deep work with Cal Newport, like, am I doing my deep work tasks first, whether that takes four hours, five hours, whatever, I was not fixated on the hours, but just like on the most more productive tasks at play was always when I felt better. Yeah. less stress, less anxiety, less everything. And I think it's like kind of taken some time to build up the structures in your life in order to be able to tap into that more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a shock to the system. But then once I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, but that maybe is how I operate better. But I sort of feel guilty about that or bad about that. Like who really gets to do that in their life. So it was a lot of like those voices in my head and then working through and with everything, I'm just like, well, just give it a try. Like, doesn't hurt to test this out. See what happens when you do. And then it's really interesting because I think you're the only projector chart that I've seen that everything's open except for your throat and G center. Um, so with your throat, so you started your podcast earlier this year, which I'll link in the show notes for y'all so you can go subscribe, especially, especially if you're a mother, like you must go. It has to be one of your weekly listens. It's so good. Um, but how did that change? Like, how did your business change or your life change when you started your podcast? Because I know that that is very big on activating that throat chakra energy. Yes. So it was sort of inspired by human design okay. because especially being a projector when it's all about getting the invite I found. So the way that I do my group program is that, you know, I have the content, it's all podcast recorded. And then I do a session with them once a week where it's a live Q and a day where I just get on and they submit questions and I can talk through. And I always felt like there was a deeper wisdom that I could tap into then when people were asking questions, you know, Mm -hmm. it felt more helpful. It felt more like I could really dive a lot deeper into things versus like these surface level things. And so the concept of doing a podcast, my podcast is about people in my audience and my community get to submit questions. And every episode is just me answering a question. Yep. So it's like very projector aligned. The episodes are somewhat shorter. I feel like it is helpful because they're things people actually want to know versus me just getting on there and talking. Mm -hmm. And it 
feels so much deeper, like a much deeper connection because I can talk about things like these nuances around food or health or mental health or wellness or motherhood or business stuff. That's like, you can't just say that in an Instagram post, you know, like there's no way to access the depth or the wisdom or the, you know, like what we're really getting to here. And that was the inspiration behind it of like, I wanted a place to do that that I could not, it wasn't just surface level or these quick answers, but I'm like, I want to answer the question that I know you're really asking underneath mm-hmm. the question that you're actually asking. Yeah. And so that very much has been a huge thing for me. And it's become so fun. It was also the thing I was most scared to do because yeah. it was so different. And I just didn't know if I, I didn't, you know, like yeah. the sound of my own voice, you know, all the things, yeah. all the fears yeah. that come up, but the feedback that it's, brought in, I think has been just like so heartfelt and so amazing to see. Cause it's, I have always felt that like my work doesn't necessarily fit into a neat, tidy box. Mm -hmm. It's like so many different things. And that's always been that way for me. And so the podcast has been a really great area to do that and bring people in a little bit deeper. I love that so much. I've been subscribed to your email list, which I look forward to because they're all, it's they're beautiful. They're very beautifully curated. It makes me be like, oh my God, I need to go read how I do my emails. <laughs> but it's so different reading an email versus hearing the person's voice and their tone and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, you're like the the information that you're bringing. I always say that when we read like an email or a text or something like that, you're sort of sometimes reading it with your own lens. So if you talk judgmentally to yourself, you could be like, ooh, that like she's saying to do this because it's healthier. And so you sort of have that view on it. But when you hear your voice talking about it, it's like kind and warm and non-judgment. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a whole other vibe. So I'm very glad that you started your podcast and I appreciate it. And I think it's going to continue to be really magical for, for your brand. So, um, yeah, I think those are the only questions. And I know that we like to keep these short and sweet. And I just wanted you guys, especially those of you who are projectors and Sarah's also a six, two profile. So if you're Mm -hmm. 6'2", she might be a great, a great role model expander for you in the 6'2 realm as well. Because I know you talk a ton about having your alone time and having your quiet time and you have two kiddos and you make it, it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be five hours a day, but you make pockets and you're really great for following for little tips and tricks for that hermit time and that, that you time too. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm definitely going to link your Instagram and your podcast. Is there anything else that you have going on right now for this fall time that my listeners can take advantage of? Yeah. You know, besides the cookbooks, which I feel like a great place to start because it's all about just simple meals, like five ingredients or less, 10 to 15 minutes or less. Like it's such a tangible, easy place to start and start wherever you're at, like wherever feels Mm -hmm. good. And I always tell people, maybe you start with the desserts and you just kind of are upgrading ingredients in your desserts first, or maybe you look at your coffee or your matcha or, you know, like some snack food first, you can start small wherever you're at. And then the second thing that we always do this time of year um, is our cooking club. And that's where it's like this massive recipe database of mine where every week I drop a new recipe 
in there and you can sort by if you have allergies or sensitivities, you can sort by if you have broccoli going bad in your fridge and it pulls up all the broccoli recipes for you. So we always do a sale usually around the end of the year. So possibly by the time we're listening to this, that sale might be on, but it's just a great way to get some just constant inspiration Mm -hmm. and influx of ideas. Like we all need more of those things, but you know, more than that, I would really say just come say hi on Instagram. I love like learning people. And I think what you're doing, Allison, is so amazing because I didn't have any examples of this. Or I was like a projector. Is there anyone out there running a business who's a projector? Mm -hmm. Like just doesn't seem like it lines up very well. But I think it's amazing that you're creating this community of, you know, women, maybe some men too, of just like what that looks like and, and how, and the different ways that that can be expressed or shown and just really showing us what's possible. So if you are a fan of human design, let me know. Yeah. It's something that I want to be talking about more too, to my community. Cause I just think it's the most, one of the best tools to really like learn a little bit more about yourself. It's a great way to start listening to your body and then, yes. and then you can move that over to food and what you're drinking and eating and all that kind of stuff too. So thank mm-hmm. you for what you're doing too. So excited to have you on. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.